Welcome to the Tenet Podcast. I'm Todd Pearson here in Denver, Colorado, joined by my good friend and partner, Wes Brown in Rapid City, South Dakota. Todd. Oh my God, it's going to be another one. Love it. How you doing, buddy? I thought for sure you're going to call me your boo. Hey, boo. I was I was talking with Wes the other day um, on Sunday, and as we were hanging up, he said something like, uh, I'll talk to you later, dude. And you, instead, yeah. he goes, I'll talk to you later, boo. And I'm like, what the hell did he just say? I said, I said did you just call me boo? me boo? And he's like, yeah, I meant to call you dude, but I actually called you boo. You are my boo. So I thought for sure you were going to open with calling me boo, but... Yeah. <laughs> You are my boo. So, but I'm excited tonight. Oh, we're, gonna have fun. we're in a weird mood tonight, but it is going to be a treat. This week on the program, we are going to talk about the Coors Western Art Exhibit and Sale and what that looks like this year during the COVID pandemic. And joining us to talk about the exhibit and sale are our friends, Rose Frederick, who is curator, and Krista Hanley, who's the art coordinator for the show both of which have previously appeared on our podcast. Rose was kind enough to speak with us back in January during National Western Stock Show while the Coors Western Art Exhibit was in full swing. And Krista joined us for a fantastic conversation back in March, right before everything was shut down for the pandemic. So thank you both for taking time out of your evening to speak with us. Heck yeah. It's always good to be back. (laughs) Always. And better than ever, right? Mm-hmm. It is better than ever. Considering yeah. what the year that we've had thus far, no I, think, um, I think people are figuring this all out, right? You know what? I was just telling somebody that like, as much as it stinks, like the whole COVID thing, and, and it really does, but like the Zoom thing and not, because I have a home office. And so people are always like, can you come to a meeting and and driving through Denver traffic has just gotten awful. And so I, this is added, this probably added two to four hours to my day. Just zoom in people. And if you count that, I don't always have to get out of my pajamas to do it either. <laughs> That's always a bonus. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. I sort of. <laughs> How are you doing, Krista? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I am a, you know, it's been a huge adjustment to change a in-person show and event and all of the things that we do, the red carpet reception and to shift that completely online. Um, but same thing. I'm thankful that I can work from home and in my yoga pants. In your yoga pants. <laughs> Not pajamas, but yoga pants. Yes. We had <laughs> no idea what was in store for us that weekend that we came to your house and interviewed you. I know it's crazy. I still, I mean, I can't even believe that that, like the world changed really quickly after that. It was like a, it was like a switch was flipped, right? Didn't it feel like that? Like all of a sudden, boom, like this weird, like, I don't know, just twilight zone atmosphere. And for our listeners, if you haven't listened to Krista, she's episode 19 and it was a lot of fun. We were in her kitchen or dining room kitchen and it was a blast small house full house yeah <laughs> small, small house, house yeah. and full house yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no it was a lot of fun and you should go listen and you should go listen to uh uh rose's episode as well so the whole cores 
And that was episode... It was 11. episode one, 11. wasn't it? Oh, episode 11. 11. The one first one. 10 were... But no so practice for you, Rose. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you say, Todd? <laughs> what about our hearts? I'm it's number one in our uno hearts. in our hearts. Numero uno. Right? She wanted to be number one. So... <laughs> I did. Next next time. Next time. Was there a question whether or not the core show was even going to happen this year with the National Western Stock Show being canceled? Well, yeah. I mean, before the show was canceled, this was a tough thing. And I mean, I don't want to complain about it like it was just us, but the whole world is going through this, right? So, but Krista and I, like, and I may have said this when when you interviewed me, but we start working on the next show. Basically, it's pretty much when the show is, when we're just getting that one uncreated, we're kind of working on the next one. We work pretty far out on these shows. And so, you know, we had a lot of stuff in the works already. And then COVID hit and, you know, nobody knew what, what was going on. It all kind of fell into the twilight zone and but because there's so many moving parts to this exhibit, you know, we had to get going. Like we send out contracts to artists and what, Krista, April and May and. Yeah, we sent contracts and it was sort of like, we're going to send the regular contracts with a disclaimer <laughs> that if you sign the contract, you'll agree to whatever we do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that, it was just so much up in the air. And I think that was the most nerve wracking thing, you know, is, and, and then at some point, I think Kristen and I both just said, we're doing a show because we, you know, it's either you have to decide you're doing a show, you're not doing a show because there's the, like the artists need to know, they get they have to get work ready for the show they've got to figure us into their schedule and you know we've we just have to get all the pieces in place you know um we've got a graphic designer installers everything and we've got to get on these schedules months and months out right so we just kind of made a decision we're going forward and then we kept moving forward um and then hearing more and more things like well, the city's pretty much shut down now, but by the fall, there should be a vaccine, you know, oh, there's not a vaccine. And so, you know, just, it, we just kept kind of rolling with it and kept the, in communication with the artists. And then when Paul Andrews came out, he actually got on a call with us, with me and Krista before he made the announcement, just so we would be able to start getting our ducks in a row, but he told us that there was not going to be a national Western, that they were just going to go dark um, because they had to, they had to make a decision because this, the same as us, they've got all kinds of, um, you know, people with stock and, and um, cattle and farm animal and, you know, just everybody, there's so many moving parts. So he let us know that. And then we, um, Kristen and I and our advisory committee, we really sat down and we put plan A, plan B, plan C together. And um, this is the plan that we ended up having to go with is totally off-site artists um, just send us their images and 
of course, the perfect storm, we also decided to, well, we had to redo our website and we moved to a new gallery website sales software. So here's Krista. This was already planned and she's learning all this new stuff and having to move our website over and we're having to communicate with a new website people. Um, it was just, it, this has just been kind of the perfect storm, I think, of just everything hitting at once, you know, but, but everybody's going through it. So kind of in a way, it's, I think people are really forgiving and they're really um, saying, yeah, let's just support you. Tell us what you need us to do. So in that way, it's been really good. I think that's what's been cool about this time is that you, you actually get kind of a free pass and mm-hmm. to, to like learn something completely new and nobody, everybody's trying to figure it out. So nobody's real hypercritical about how it plays out. And you guys have been doing a great job. So let me, let me step back for just a second. So you, as this was transpiring, the beginning of the pandemic, you were just moving forward as you normally would. And then when the announcement was made, you put an A, B, C plan together and then, you know, looking at the different scenarios of how you would do it. And then you chose one of those. Is that, is that what I am gathering from what you just said? I don't know that we, we had the scenarios, like it was in-person show, hybrid show, online and in-person, and then totally online. So those are our three scenarios. And we basically based that on um, where's the world going to be, you know, when our show actually happens. Um, and we had a lot of discussions around it. We, we have some advisory committee members that are in the medical field. And so we really started narrowing it down <laughs> to the hybrid versus totally online first. You know, that was the first sort of narrowed down that we did. And then as, as things sort of progressed, we decided um, that we had to go fully online. And it's, again like Rose said, like a lot of things sort of happened, things with construction on I-70. So access to our mm-hmm. complex has been complicated at this time. And that was sort of also one of the deciding factors is like to do a hybrid show with tickets where people would have time tickets. Well, are they, how do they even get access to the, the area if it's all under construction? And will we frustrate people and so that was a factor. So we really kept narrowing it down as the world kept shifting. So it was it was like we were constantly having to like plan for whatever. I think just that makes nerve- a lot of oh go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's nerve-wracking. And I think it's I mean, I'm really grateful that Krista was there to, you know, because I think it's really nice to that we can bounce all this off each other. And um I really want to make sure that I'm not suggesting something that is just going to keep her working 24 hours a day around, you know, just around the clock to just do all this crazy stuff. And as it is, it already, (laughs) yeah, no, I mean, because it's like to like, I know what it takes to sell art and selling art online is really, if you think about it really, really new. And we've never done it for the core show. 
So, I mean, a lot of people are forced into it, but, but, you know, like there are a lot of moving parts. And so it, you know, I'm grateful that, that we could just bounce stuff off each other, you know, and at the same time, a lot of our artists were in these other shows. Right. And so I would call them or they would check in with me and I would say, well, how did it go? And what did they do? And how did that work? And did it work or didn't it? What did you like? And so we ended up, that's something that Kristen and I did pretty early on is um, we sent an email to all the artists and just said, please tell us what is working and what isn't working. And we got such amazing responses from people and that, helped us that helped steer us in the right direction so you know I feel like having the show in January um, with all that input from really major shows that got caught in the middle and the early stages of COVID um, some of the things that they tried and so we're able to do the stuff that worked and skip over the stuff that that didn't work I don't want you to give us the whole history of this core show, but um, this is the 28th year of this, of this show. That sounds right. Sounds about right. Is that right, Chris? 28th or 29th? 28th, 28th I think. I don't know if it and counts. I, I want you to stock show. Does it? <laughs> I think it is. I think it does. Right. The show must go on. And yeah. it's pretty cool that you guys have, figured out how to pivot just like everybody else. And I keep saying this on almost every podcast. I think mm -hmm. um, artists and people of our ilk, of our, of our collective, we're more adept at this scenario than other people because artists always need to figure out how to pivot with the times and troubleshoot. And I think that, you know, if there's anybody made for a pandemic, it's, it's us folks, right? We figure it out. Yeah, I think that's right. And you know what? I also think that artists are really good at stepping up and helping each other out. I haven't had a single artist say, oh, I don't, uh, that's not going to work for me. I'm just going to back out. Uh, you know, they're, every artist has, um, you know, jumped in and to whatever comfort level, you know, and said, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Let's make this work. So that's been really good. I think that's a testament also to you guys and, and to the show it's, uh, itself that the fact that they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to keep this show going because, you know, you guys put on a phenomenal show. We were there last year walking through and it was amazing. And uh, the, the artists that you, you guys select are top notch and it's just a beautiful show. So I think it's oh, a thanks. testament to you as well. Well, it's a, I mean, there's a lot that, that goes into it behind the scenes. You know, I think we talked about some of that and, um, and it's interesting because I don't know other major national shows, but Krista and I are the only paid people working on the show. And then we have an advisory committee that is amazing um, that helps us out with a lot of stuff and really guides us. But I mean, it's... How many people do you have on your... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, no, but how many ahead. people do you have on your advisory committee? I think it's 11 right now. Um, it fluctuates a little bit, but yeah, there's 11. And, and we actually ask a lot of them because um, we have table sales in normal years and we ask them to bring collectors and introduce collectors to the show. And... Um, 
you know, our committee will help figure out the layout and decorations, you know, for opening night and, and, and things like that, that I'm honestly really just no good at and nor do Krista and I have the time for that, you know, so to have them come in and, and figure out the menu for the night and, um, stuff like that. So, um, they're, they're really amazing. And like Krista was saying, you know, we have, uh, we have medical people. And, um, so Dr. Kick, for example, has been really keeping us online and, um, informed about COVID and how things are going. And so that, to me, that I think was super helpful to, to be able to go back to, you know, Krista and I, and, to go over and say, you know what, I think what Steve Kick is telling us is right. I don't think we're going to have an in-person show. I, I, and that was back when people were saying, oh, yeah, no, I, we'll be able to do this in January. Um, and Steve was like, no way. And so that's when Kristen and I really activated and said, we've got to get some backup plans in place. Uh, I think Steve, you know, a, a doctor out at um, Anschutz Medical is is really more on the pulse of this than anybody else, and so yeah, we've we've got a great, really active, wonderful committee that brings a lot of um, good advice and diversity to what we're trying to do. So that's good. So, do you have the same amount of artists as you normally would this year, in a normal no. time? No. Well, um, we have seventy five artists, and I think it's. I, I think it's usually a little closer to 80 artists. Um, I don't know. This is another thing because since we, we've never been an online exhibit before um, and not had work in person, um, it, it, there were like two sides of the coin, right? So it's the internet. So everyone can put a hundred pieces each, right? I mean, it's free. Just put them all up online. It doesn't matter. And and then there's that thing about when you're online and you're looking at art or a big site with a lot of art, you get a little weary and um, you just kind of get overloaded and you say, well, I'll come back to that tomorrow. And you don't. So if there's too much art, then um, I think I think you can kill it the other way too. So we tried to strike a balance um, and did a lot of talking with the artists to just feel them out and see how, how comfortable they were and also like what was working for them with their galleries and shows that way too. So I think it's about 350 pieces of art and a lot of times what Krista were closer to 425 or pieces of art yeah 450 yeah sometimes when we've had more artists we have 71 artists this year okay (laughs) now is that so that's is that including the young guns artists as well we did something different this year um in the past for young guns which is our group for um 40 and under uh, collectors and patrons trying to um, bring them up and introduce them to collecting art. In the past two years, I've curated a special show for that group. And then even, you know, for the last seven years, I think we've also had Rose curating 
work for them. And that work that Rose curates, we call the National Western Club. So it's been the club art and then the Coors show and then the young guns, <laughs> you know, for one night only. So it's a very confusing. And so for this year, um, because we sort of decided so late in the year about how our show would work, I didn't curate any work for the young guns because it was like, I was like, I don't know if we're gonna have a show. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I don't know if we're gonna be allowed to have young guns. You know, maybe we can go ahead with Coors, but maybe not young guns. So um, what we did this year is we asked our artists, Rose asked a lot of the artists in the club and the Coors show to create work, especially for young guns. And so it's, it's maybe different work. It, a lot of it is priced at lower prices. Um, again, it might be an etching or a drawing or something that might be naturally lower priced. And so the, the artists created work for them. And, and that's actually up right now, the Young Guns show. So if people are 40 and under, you can go and start bidding and bidding closes on Thursday, this Thursday on the 10th. And we, it's really exciting. We have quite a few things being bid on right now and a lot of people looking at art and stuff. So it's, it's a special show just for them. And how's that going so far? Because that, that finishes up this week on Thursday. Um, are sales good for the Young Gun Show? Yeah, sales. I mean, I'm, I, you know, they're, they're coming through, <laughs> you know. I, so we'll, we'll see. I know there's always a big push, but there are, uh, you know, I looked today, there's 21 things already that have bids. So we know we've sold 21 pieces and out of 43, maybe. So I, I think that's amazing so far. And then, you know, like with most auctions, hopefully that'll all really pick up as we get closer to Thursday um, and see more sales come through. But I'm really excited so far that there's been some, just something, because we don't know. We've never done any of this before. We've never sold through auction software. We've never um, had everything 100% online. So we have no idea what the response would be. So on the bidding part, do you have a reserve that the, the art must sell at and also where do you start bidding at as far as dollar wise? So we have um, the, basically the starting price is the price determined by the artist. And it, we were working at like our silent auction that we always have had as part of our show. So the red carpet exhibition has always had a silent auction of miniatures or small pieces. And that has been where the artist sets the price and it's typically their retail price and then people bid up. And um, because they want that piece, that piece is only in this show, so they're gonna bid it up. And so that's how we're running this sale, only everything is starting off at the price the artists set. Now, a lot of the artists, like I said, some of them have um, lowered the prices for the young guns to encourage bidding, but others you know, have, have kept it the same. And that's really important to us that artists you know, their commission is based on that starting price. And then anything but a bid above that is a donation directly to our scholarship trust, which is what the what we support in our show. So people are making donations by bidding up the art. And we should talk about that just a little bit. Um, when we talked to you, Rose, uh, back in January, you said that, you know, that it's not artists donating their art to the show. Right that this is actually, you know, they're, they're getting what they normally would in any other gallery. 
Actually, they're probably getting a better deal because I think you told me at the time or you told us at the time that, you know, it's a 70-30 thing. So 70% of the sale is the artist. The other 30% goes towards the scholarship. So, yeah, that I'm, and I'm glad you asked me about that because um, like a lot of shows just, they kind of do this wrong where they, they just, they ask for donations um, or they ask the artist to discount things and um, they just don't take into account that these are professional people. This is what they do for a living. And honestly, I always tell artists, uh, my advice to them is if you want to donate to a cause, volunteer your time, you know, um, but don't give away your art that way. That It's really important because when the art sells for less than the retail price set by the artist, it devalues that art on the market. So it's really important. And especially in an auction setting, because um, if you know anything about appraising art, um, auction records are often what is used to establish the value for the art. And um, the auctions are rough, you know, and it's, it's part of the reason why I don't ever want to do a live auction with the Coors show is, um, first of all, it's incredibly nerve wracking and upsetting for the artists to wait that out. And if their work is bought in, if it's passed on, um, that's, that's upsetting for them, but it also hurts the market. Um, it, it's like they need the auction side of it, but the auction side is pretty cruel, um, to living artists. So, um, it's just a, it's kind of a tough thing. So with a core show, I really, uh, we don't ask for donations. Some artists do donate a small piece to the silent auction in the past, but, um, the only thing that we do keep as a donation is what our patrons bid over and above the, the set price the artist gives us. So, yeah. So it's really about maintaining the artist's value in the market. And I always explain that to collectors as well. You want the artist to keep their prices strong. You want to see those prices going up 10% every other year. Generally. Now I think COVID is I've, I've been suggesting to artists that they do not raise prices now and just sort of wait this out and see what's going to happen um, in the next couple of years. But, um, you know, just kind of hang tight right now. But yeah, with the core show, um, honestly, the artists are, are really paramount in my mind and protecting them and protecting their sales and really making sure that we're presenting them in the best light and um, making them look really good and making sales for them, keeping their market strong, introducing them to new patrons, all that kind of stuff. So this year is going to be interesting. I think it's important that we get this kind of word out because I come from the nonprofit sector as well. And, you know, nobody ever said, you know, it's especially up here, it's expected that the artist will donate, give the artwork to raise money for whatever nonprofit. And uh, it wasn't until I started doing these interviews with different artists that I realized that you got to protect the artist. And I think it's so important that we get the word out to nonprofits because I think they just, you know, they're not being malicious. They're just, this is how it's done. This is how it's always been. And it's, it's, it's time that we start to recognize the importance of the artist and mm-hmm. maintaining their, their way of life. Yeah. 
Well, I always tell people who are organizing these shows, and I know they have the best interest at heart for, especially for the the nonprofit or for their cause. But you know, a lot of times they're lawyers um, or investment, you know, bankers or you know, uh, people like that. And and I always say, do you donate your time? Can an artist come to you and you'll donate? Um, you know, helping them with their divorce. <laughs> we we donate that and. The answer is no, that's crazy. It's like, well, let's just kind of compare apples to apples here because you're asking them to donate a mortgage payment and maybe a car payment. So, yeah. And people don't realize that artists can't write off the value of the piece. Yeah. So they they can only write off the, the, you know, I think the cost of the materials. Uh So it's really, you know, not helping the artist at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it gives the artist exposure. Yeah. Oh, that's always it. I love that one. And then I don't remember who said it, but they were saying, well, people die from exposure. So (laughs) I love that. So that was a a good statement. Yeah. 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 Well, keep informing people of that, Wes, because it's, you know, I just, I think artists are also, they get in a spot where they don't want to say no or they feel bad saying no. And it really has been the case that everybody just assumes, well, you know, how long did it take you? It just took you a day to do that. I mean, it took you a few hours. Like you can donate that. It's like, no, (laughs) it's my livelihood. You're just cranking them out and you have them just laying around all these paintings. You can just give us one. Right. (laughs) Yeah. People say that all the time. It's really, it's unfortunate. I wish there was, you know, I really, that's what I love about your podcast. And I was so glad to kind of make an announcement of it a couple of times when we were doing our Zoom artist interviews um, for the Coors Show this year, because you you guys are really talking to artists and helping um, inform the public about this lifestyle and what goes into it and um, that it's not it didn't take you just a couple hours and you can donate this. I mean, this is an entire life career, you know, of studying and working and continually um, trying to get better at, at what you're doing. And, and it is tough, you know, it's not like you're punching a clock and, or, or making a salary, you know, every, every sale counts. And we do really appreciate the fact that you gave us a shout out. That's, I appreciate that. That of was, course. That was totally kind to you. I was surprised. I was like, wow, that was really nice. That was made me happy. Um, for our listeners who are listening along to this conversation, um, the website is CoorsWesternArt.com. Check it out if you want to see some phenomenal art um, as we continue this conversation. This is a pretty prestigious art show. People don't realize it because it's held at the um, during the National Western Stock Show but it's a contemporary Western art show. Tell our listeners, I don't, you don't need to rehash it because they can go back and listen to your episode, episode 11, but tell our listeners what that means, the, the, a contemporary Western art exhibit. Yeah, well, my concept of Western art is really broad. For so many years, so this is my 25th show, I came into it really seeing this um, need for a venue that was showing contemporary living artists who are responding to the West today. 
not who, you know, I mean, there's some really amazing artists who are painting this historical kind of work that, um, that, you know, they research all the bridles and the blankets and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, we, we don't have that work in the show because that doesn't exist today. And in fact, when Remington came West to paint that stuff, it was gone then. I think that's really important for people to know. Um, And again, I I don't, I mean, I don't want to be disparaging because it's phenomenal work, but um, there needs to be a place for artists who are living and responding to um, the West and to the United States and to political um, things and um, social issues and environmental issues. And, and not that it's an, it's an issue show or you're going to get hit over the head with something, but there is a, this thought process that goes into it that is, is vital for today. And I think that's a, I think that's a really important thing because um, the artists who are realists um, and who are responding to the West, they really don't have any place to show because um, there are major shows and art fairs that are very, very contemporary, um, very, um, oh, like off the wall with, with work and conceptual work and things like that. Well, they don't really fit there. Um, and then they don't really fit in the shows that are, have the traditional Western either. And so for me, I saw that this was a great, a great niche that wasn't being filled. Um, and so that's, that's been the, that's been the idea of the show. Well, my concept when I'm looking for art um, is to just say how many unique voices can I find um, to put into this show. And ultimately uh, what I want people to get out of seeing the show is um, this sense that there's so much great art being made today. But I also want them to walk out of the show and see the world in a different way. Like I want them to see more color, you know, see more possibilities, see um, different ways of looking at things, maybe see a gesture in a different way, you know, because an artist. Um, created a sculpture or painting or or made a photograph um, that is this little glimpse of something that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I think you get that, you know, when you, when you have contemporary living artists responding to the world today. And I think, I think that's really vital. You know, that's what's going to live beyond us are, are those works of art that these artists are doing. So that's what excites me about the show. And then if one of you, Krista already touched on it, but if one of you would talk about who benefits from the proceeds from the show. The show benefits the National Western Scholarship Trust, which is a trust that is um, part of the National Western Stock Show. And they give about 100 scholarships a year to students who are going to um, school for undergrad or master's degrees in um, a variety of areas. Those areas are uh, medicine, and there's a rural medicine requirement that they have to then go 
and practice in a rural area if they get the scholarship. They have to prove that they're practicing in that rural area after they um, graduate. Um, veterinary sciences and animal sciences, and and then agriculture. So the scholarships are really supporting the the West of today, just like the show is. We're supporting the artists and um, our future, you know, people in agriculture, animal sciences, and medicine. I think that's really spectacular that there's all these scholarships and there's these kids that are going to benefit from all this. So get out and support the Coors show this year and uh, bid on some art. Um, did you actually like make a whole new website in order to make this happen this year or how did that work? Yeah, well, we had a sort of confluence of things happen where we were planning on creating a new website this year. We were planning on getting a new um, software system so we could do more integrated art sales, like an actual gallery system. Uh, which feeds into the website, and that that just happened <laughs> this year as well. So, uh, much of my time uh, in COVID has been learning this new software and then um, populating our whole new website. And um, pretty early on, we realized if we're going to have an online show. Probably should have some sort of different software to support an auction platform. So we also um, are contracted with Handbid, which is a specialized auction only software. So we are doing our first part of our sale for the Coors show is through Handbid. So the show will open with all 350 some pieces on December 18th. People can start bidding on Handbid. That closes on January 5th, which would have been our red carpet reception night. And uh, we're going to have like a streamed video event that night as the closing as well at, at 6 o'clock p.m. And then this, the, the bidding will stop at 8 o'clock p.m. that night. And then anything that doesn't sell, now we're hoping everyone gets on hand bid and just buys right now. But if there's anything left that doesn't sell, that, that will be on our website um, from like, you know, a couple days after uh, January 5th through the end of what would have been stock show, which is January 24th. So we'll still be, you know, pushing for things to sell. There'll still be stuff available. Now so you know what's really cool that we did this year? What's that? So we couldn't have a featured art. Well, we did. We had picked a featured artist. It was going to be David Griffin. And um, then we just decided that that would really stink because the featured artist gets this royal treatment. They can have as many pieces of art. They're right in front when you walk in. And it's just cool. You know, there's just a lot of stuff that goes with it. Um, and so we decided since he wasn't going to get that, that we were going to not have a featured art. We'll just skip that this year. Um, but then Krista came up with this brilliant idea. Um, she's like, everybody asks every year, so many people, if they can get the Willie Matthews, which is our first, the first piece of art we collected. And it's the first poster we ever did. And so we are doing a commemorative reprint of it. It's the art. It's going to be slightly larger than the original poster. And um, our graphic designer, Terry Rigg, he came up with this really cool, like, 
made it a little more modern, our logo and all that kind of stuff with it. Um, And so we're going to do this print on demand. It's going to be on a watercolor paper. It's going to be a really nice paper. Basically, we're going to open that up so you can start buying it pre-sale through January 24th. And we're going to end it there. And as many um, prints that we sell, that's how many we're going to buy. Uh, we're going to print, and then it's done, and we'll never do it again. So, kind of excited about it. That is what's really it, exciting. What's it going for? I'm sorry, Tom. No, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, so it'll be $180. Um, and then, if you want it signed and personalized by Willie, it'll be an extra $50, so $230. Um, and he and Willie is just, he just said he's donating all of it to the scholarship trust. So, I mean, these uh, print on demand is pricey. Um, that's why it's more expensive than our usual poster, but we're also putting it on this beautiful watercolor paper and, um, and it's going to be a commemorative piece. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I hope word gets out because truly that is one of our posters that people ask for without fail every year. And they've been gone for well over a decade. They've been gone for maybe 20 years now. So yeah, kind of fun. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I know there's the red carpet event, but Krista, is there an event for the young guns as well that you're going to do? Yeah, so Young Guns, um, like I said before, it closes this Thursday, which is um, December 10th. And they also will have a little closing event at six o'clock, uh, a pre-recorded thank you video. But it, it, they added some fun things like some, uh, uh, they have a bartender mixing drinks. So you can <laughs> you could mix your drinks along with the bartender uh, while you're bidding on your art. Um, so they have some fun stuff planned. And uh, again, that's six o'clock on Thursday. It'll be through the hand bid platform. And then uh, their sale closes at nine o'clock because we know that younger people might be staying up later. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And it's the same thing with the red carpet uh, event as well. You'll have a pre-recorded yeah. thing. That's a pre-recorded, pre-recorded thing. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, we, we made it easier on ourselves than trying to do something live. And we have some great like collage videos planned for that red carpet one where we we asked a lot of people to send some statements in and we're going to like collage it together as a video, which is going to be really cool. It's going to include like some volunteers and some artists and maybe even like me. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to announce awards that night. And we've got some really, we've got some cool awards. And I I got Lewis Sharp, the former director of the Denver Art Museum, to pick Best of Show. So he's going to announce that from his um, ranch in California. Right on. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'll have to to sign up for that. have to tune in. Yeah. Um, So... There's no featured artist this year, you just said, but every year a piece is acquired for mm-hmm. the for the collection. Is that st- is that still happening this year or no? Nope, we're not allowed to spend any money. We were told to be conservative. Frugal. Be frugal. Be frugal. We're being frugal. We're always frugal, I have to say. But this year, unfortunately. And and you know what really is a bummer is that I was looking at David 
Griffin's pieces early on. And I was like, oh, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. Does this one, I mean, they all are really great, but there's one in particular that I'm like, that was the one. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a lot. Someone should buy it and donate it. Yes. That's that's a great idea. Get the piece we want. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. That would be really awesome. (laughs) But the stock show this year has gone through such an upheaval. Um, you can imagine that the, it's an event venue during the rest of the year and pretty much all the events that they do throughout the summer, which oftentimes there's two or three events going on in a single day often um, to, to have that completely shut down has greatly impacted the stock show. And so we're doing everything we can to support them as well. That's also why we wanted to go ahead with doing the show is that, that we want to you know, we want people to still think about the stock show, even if there's no, you know, no place to go and look at all the livestock in the yards that there's still like, they can come to the Coors show on our website and they can browse and they can look at the art and they can think about um, that. The stock show is still, you know, it's still vibrant. It's still going on. We're still supporting those scholarships. Are you both pretty hopeful as far as sales for this year? I'm always hopeful. I'm always hopeful. Although at, before every show, I always have some kind of nightmare. Um, and they're, they're just like, cra- so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what my nightmare this year is going to be. But like one year I had this nightmare that I showed up and I was all dressed and it was the opening night and the coordinator before Krista was there, her name is Annie. She walks up to me and she says, yeah, so we, there was a typo on the invitation and the opening night is like set for tomorrow on the invite. So nobody's here. (laughs) It's like, those are the kind of like panic dreams I have every year. So I can't, I just can only imagine what the panic is going to be on this one. I'm hopeful though. (laughs) So what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your 25 years of doing this or what, whatever it's been? The core show? Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen God. that you can talk about? Yeah, right. I'm sure there might be something you can't talk about and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but mm, have you ever always seen, that. <laughs> have you ever say, you know seen anything that kind of like, whoa? Now, you know what I think is always so amazing to me about the show is that um, our volunteers have a little sweeper, swiffer, sweeper kind of this like a vacuum sort of thing. Um, yeah, a carpet and, sweeper, you know, that they have at restaurants that doesn't, yeah. you don't plug it in, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they have that going like all the time at the front entrance to um, sweep up um, manure and hay and straw that comes in and and, yeah I mean that's like that is so the core show like right there like everyone comes in to see the show and they just they just were down in the horse barn or they were down showing their goats or whatever they were doing and they come in to see the show and it's kind of one of those things that it's like as an as an art curator it's it's this this weirdest venue ever. It's essentially having an art exhibit in a barn. 
Like I remember this one guy um, who has a major auction in um, Santa Fe, an auction house. And he, he walked in and we were chatting and at the end of the night he was leaving and he said goodbye. And he's like, this place, it stinks. Like, can you, can you do this show anywhere else? You need a better venue. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sorry. This is, this is where it is. It's in a barn, basically. I, I mean, I think that's the thing about this show. And it's sort of one of those things that there's nothing pretentious about the core show. And I think that's why people love it. You know, it's like you, you just, you just come and you get your boots on and you, you know, and the artists, the artists are relaxed and everybody just has a good time, you know, and we just, we get some years we've had 40,000 people walking through that show after opening night. It's, it's generally somewhere between 30, 35, 36,000 people. And honestly, most Museum. And let me just interrupt you. That's in 16 days. Right, right. 35 to 40,000 people in 16 days see our show. It's a lot that of other people. curator wished he had 36,000 people know, walking right? through his, yeah. his show. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like that's, like, that's the thing because most museums, like mid-range, mid-level museums and down, they don't get that in a whole year. Right. And, and these are people who just, they just love it. They, you know, they just don't miss it. And it's, it's really, I don't know. You just, I always just get such a good feeling. And I mean, it's, it's a ton of work. And I mean, Krista and I both get sick. Like we're just both of us. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you wash your hands and it's just stressful and you're there all the time and you're around all these people. Um, but, you know, I just, I just, I, I love it. I love it. So I don't know. Is anything really crazy? I mean, I think sweeping up um, manure from the entrance of your exhibit. <laughs> great. Like, you know, my favorite day uh, when we're setting up the show, uh, we do this crazy thing where we, we hang the show for the red carpet reception and we take up this whole exhibit hall. And then we have the red carpet reception on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We basically take that entire show down and we rehang it inside the gallery and inside the club. Well, my favorite day, it's usually I think Thursday is the day that the petting zoo animals that are like basically right next door to the gallery, the day that they bring them up the freight elevator that we also bring the art up in. And then they basically release all these little fat goats and pigs and, and, and they just run bleeding through the hall as we're like hanging art. And that's like, I'm, I'm actually going to miss that day this year. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I think it was last year or two years ago, a um, a goat had babies. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah just, there's a baby goat. Yeah. There, there, yes. During stock show, a yeah. goat had babies. So we had, you know, everyone's like goes and sees yeah. the baby goats and then they come into the gallery. <laughs> it's like no still, place on earth, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> no. awesome. Yeah. I still have pictures of my kids. Some of my favorite pictures of my boys when they were little, little guys is taking them to the petting zoo and 
um, I remember Frank found an egg and he's, he's like, mom, I got, you know, an egg and they're just hugging the animals and stuff. It's just, it's kind of the, like, I can hardly get my kids to go to art things, but they do go to that because it's just, you know, you get to sit on tractors and see pet horses and, you know, and buy corn dogs and it's just a, you just like, like you wouldn't, it's not what you expect when you go to an art exhibit at all, at all. Just kind of cool, I think. It is cool. And it's my, you're yeah. going to see when you, when you get to see it in person, but you can go online now, um, you will see like these world-renowned artists and this phenomenal art. And in that mm-hmm. setting, it's, it really is spectacular because it, it is, it is mind-blowing because the art is so phenomenal. It's mind-blowing because you're in the setting that you're like, you know, you, you'd never imagine putting those two together, right? Right, right. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you have artists, returning artists every year. And then you bring in a handful of new artists. What, is, what does that percentage look like? Like how many t- typically are like returning artists? And then how, what percentage are new artists, would you say? It's usually um, on a normal year. I try, to, I try to bring in 10 to 15 out of, if it's like 80, 75 artists. Um, and, and some years, if, if there's a year where I bring in like 18 new artists or something, then the next year I might only bring in seven, you know, just, but it's usually, it's not a big percentage. Um, but kind of what happens is sometimes artists will, will call me and they'll say, Hey, I'm, I'm working on a book and I have to just dedicate this year to doing that. I think a couple of years ago, Barbara Van Cleve was, um, they did an episode of um, Sunday Morning that with, it used to be Charles Corralt, but. Um, yeah, CBS Sunday Morning. Yeah. So, so she was doing that and she just, she's like, I, I can't get everything together for them and do the core show. So, so um, stuff like that happens. Sometimes um, I invite an artist to the show and, I I always think when I invite an artist to the show that that we can sell their work that they're going to be a hit and it just isn't always the case and so when that happens then you know the artist and I all just talk and it's like I I guess we just don't have a market which you know and it's not good for them to just have their work sitting there and people walk by and not appreciating it so um that's kind of how you know those decisions are made it's um sometimes if you know if the artist just can't doesn't have the time but a lot of times it's just um yeah it just wasn't the hit with the audience that i thought so and that's why it's such a tough show to get into because there's so Mm -hmm. there's only so many spots right so right how many applicants did you say you had you like 450 or something or what was the number? Some years. Yeah, some years. And then it just depends on the year. But yeah, we usually, we have, a, we get a lot of applicants to the show. Um, and I try to take people from those applicants. But then I'm also actively out there looking at artists. And there are some artists that um, I've been trying to get in the show for years, you know, um, 
I try and just try and keep a really good mix. You know, I want art in there that people who are new to collecting um, or maybe just love to collect, but they don't have a big budget that they can afford. So you'll find artwork in the show for $250, you know, like um, hand-pulled print work um, from some of our amazing printmakers. Um, and then like this year, I think Dan Sprick's painting is 135000 or something like that. So just try and keep a, a big range of work in there for people to start collecting. So now Krista talked to us about the young guns thing on a, in a typical year, how is that put together? In a, in a typical year, <laughs> uh, the young guns lately have had an amazing event. We call the young guns reception sort of mid December around this time. So again, December 10th would have been their, their night when they would have had their event. And it's become this, multimedia event that it's not just art anymore they they have live music they have um silent auction items that they find you know donated that are actually donated so like you know a trip to a ranch or a you know a special fisherman's bag and kit or you know portrait session something like that um and then we we of course give away stock show centric things like rodeo tickets and mutton busting slots for your kids, stuff like that, which are really popular. So they have that. And then we've had the the Young Guns art that I've curated, um, as well as the the whole Coors show is set up for them. So we're actually hanging the Coors show in December so that we can have this big Young Guns reception, which has just grown and grown. The first re- Young Guns reception, I think, was seven or eight years ago, and they had like 50 people. Um, and last year, we had over 450 people at their event. So it is something that is just um, keep growing and everything. And, and I think it's really exciting, not just for the Coors show to be bringing in these new art collectors, but also for the National Western, that it's introducing maybe a lot of new people that are just coming to Denver um, and they're, they're looking for some philanthropy or they're looking for something to be involved with and they, they find um, some alignment with this, this great younger group. And so we're bringing them also into the, the National Western. So, um, well, yeah. Christy, you should also talk about how you find those artists because they, they're also young artists and... Um, she does a phenomenal job about of finding them. Yeah. So my goal is really to give also for this to be a venue for young artists, um, artists that don't have representation, artists that are local. And um, it's sort of, you know, my age group is like maybe 45 and under so that it, it is a peer to peer conversation between the, you know, the folks that are coming to that Young Guns reception and the artists and to give these artists an, a, a boost. And the work, therefore, is a little bit more affordable because these are emerging artists, truly emerging artists. And I'm always, you know, always with a thought toward diversity of artists. So I, I've, so far I've had, you know, just six artists in the show, but I try to keep it equal between um, male and female artists. And I try to always have artists of color in the show um, again, because I want to expand the resources for artists to get into this venue that is actually pretty cool to have, you know, the 450 young collectors there as an audience. 
So let me ask you this question, and, and thank you for asking that question, Rose. That's actually where I was, I was hoping to go with that, and I don't think I asked that question very well, but we got more information about the Young Gun Show, and you asked an excellent question. <laughs> I'm here um, for you, Todd. Thank you, Rose. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to log off now. I'll let you take it over. <laughs> we'll just take over. Um, I want you to speak, Krista, on if there's been anybody yet because this is a pretty new thing, this Young Guns mm-hmm. thing, but has there anybody that has uh, that started out in the Young Guns show and has graduated into the core show? Yes, excitingly. This mm-hmm. year, um, we've got Jared Brady, who was an artist yeah. um, last year that I, I found um, through a, I think it was a Southwest art magazine of like, you know, they do like young artist article um and i was like oh he's in colorado it's like 21 under yeah 20, i think yeah it was yeah. 21 under 21 and he was like oh he's in colorado I'll look him up oh he's doing western centric so i reached out to him he was in the young gun show last year and sold out sold every single piece and then he applied through our application process this year and and rose has put him into the sort of in the club show which this year really is we've just merged the two shows so there you go. It's really yeah. exciting for him, I think. And That's he's awesome. the, he's, one of the sweetest he, guys. <laughs> he's 21 years old. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really sweet. And he was really, we did his Zoom talk and he was really well-spoken. And yeah, people just loved him. He's, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a really terrific. He's a great up and coming guy to p- keep an eye on for sure. So yeah, Krista found him. There's one more thing I want to plug if I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I also uh, started an artist in residence program at the stock show a couple of years ago. We talked about that in detail in my talk. And um, our first artist, um, Eileen uh, Richardson, she's a filmmaker and she did um, eight millimeter film video of the yards. And she filmed and filmed and filmed the whole time during stock show from like before the stock show started, she got shots of the animals coming in and then to when it ended and it was just, you know, the mud piles and everything. And it took her a little while to, you know, she hand processed all of that film and then she edited it together and she's created a 20 some minute movie that is called In the Yards. And she just finished it this summer. And I was, I'm so excited about it. And then it was like, oh, there's COVID. We can't, you know, we were, we were thinking at first we'd have a, you know, a showing or something. But this year, what we're going to do is we're going to have an online viewing of, of the film in, uh, in January. And we'll, we'll find a, a great time and we'll have her and I on talking. And then we'll, we'll show this, um, this great film that she made. But, oh, my gosh, it is so beautifully nostalgic about the stock show that I think it's something that people will really that that have that nostalgia for the stock show this is the time to show that because it's it is like those yard shots of the animals and the people and the sounds and everything that she captured yeah you'll have to keep us posted on I will on, uh, yeah when that happens there's one thing I want to make a, a comment on if I can Todd um the cool thing about the Coors Art Show, too, because it's contemporary Western artists, is of all the people that come through, many of them, probably the vast majority, would never expose themselves to that kind of artwork. And just to have people, you know, coming from the ranch and walking in and seeing Ron Hicks stuff, 
and gravitating to that to that or you know terry gardner stuff or you know lisa gordon stuff you know that's that's an amazing thing to do anyway to expose a vast number of people to art that they would never ever look at exactly and there was an interesting thing that happened last year with willie matthews work that um I don't know if you remember it, but he had um, a fire line, a cowboy setting a fire line. The work was just really different. And, and it was really, um, when we went and looked through the work and kind of put this selection together, it was really the working cowboy, the contemporary, modern day working cowboy and what that's like. And it's not romantic, right? I mean, it's 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 hard um but it, but it, of course the way willie does it it's gorgeous his paintings are just phenomenal um every painting sold he uh, i think it was best of show choice you know and um it, but but the coolest thing was that people came in people who lived that lifestyle and had just incredible comments to things like I'm I'm just so surprised you would put a painting like that in the show. Like that's a that's a a painting that would be in a show, you know, because it's very real. Uh, so stuff like that that we're able to do. I think our artists are truly authentic, which is just what I love. Like they're they're really painting a true life, and they're painting people they know. You know, Willie's painting his friends. Barbara Van Cleve is taking photographs of the people working her ranch, her cattle, her horses out there working. And, you know, you, you just, you get that, but you get it in this incredible, dynamic, beautiful package, you know, with baby goats right outside the door. <laughs> so Rose, let's talk about this fantastic series of talks that you've been doing to help yeah. facilitate interest in the artist and the art. And this is kind of, it's kind of nice because people want that connection with the artists. And because you're not doing anything in person this year, they don't have the opportunity to come to hear an artist talk or yeah. to hear some of your wonderful stories on your, one of your tours. Like I took last year, tell us about what you've been doing. So Heather Miller, one of our advisory committee members, she brought it up. She said, you know, you should, you should do the zoom talks inside an artist studio because um, everybody's used to doing Zoom now. And um, Kristen and I put our heads together and and um, we kind of divided out the list and said, well, if we do three artists, um, do an hour. And we decided to do them. Um, um, so they started in November and um, they're Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So Tuesday, Thursdays are at noon and then Wednesdays are at 6 p.m. And they go an hour, sometimes a few minutes over. And um, I just interview the three artists. And then at the very end, I just open it up and say, hey, do you have questions or comments for each other? They have been so much fun. Like you said it, Todd. I, I tell these stories and I a lot of my job is really talking to the artists throughout the year and catching up with them and finding out what they're working on and why it's important. And um, because then when the work comes into the show and I'm giving people tours of the exhibit, I can talk to them about stuff. Well, we can't do that this year. So what a fantastic idea my committee member had to do inside the artist studio. 
Um, and so the artists are sitting there in their studio. So people get a peek in that, into that world and how they work. And, um, and they get to ask questions through the chat that I pose to the artists. They get to hear the artists talk. And I generally try to draw the artists out and prompt them and ask them questions about the work. And it's a lot of times it's the questions that people always ask. Like they just really want to know if you, if I could ever ask that artist something and, and they've been really well attended. I think the one we did um, dance brick, Kwang Ho and Foster Grissom was 90 some people. And, and those are generally couples, you know, watching together. So there was a, a lot of people on that call. And then we record all of them. And um, we have a great guy who is going back in and he's just kind of doing a little bit of editing and adding in the artwork images because it's everybody's camera is different, you know, so you don't get a clear picture. Um, so this guy's doing a really nice job of um, adding in images too. So that's been great. And honestly, I um, people keep saying you have to keep doing this. So we're going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, this going after we get through all our artists for sure and um, just keep interviewing artists and and doing this sort of inside the artist studio concept and expand on it but um, you can find that on the coorswesternart.com website and just even on the very front page just click on it'll take you to link you can register and then every call that we've already done they're recorded so you can go back and listen to them and um, hear what the artists have to say about their work this year and what they're up to. And it's interesting because a lot of artists are really responding to COVID. And I think when you listen to them talk, like you wouldn't look at something and go, oh, that's a response to COVID. But when the artist talks about it, it's like, oh, I see that. I see how you're feeling about this isolation or quarantine or, you know, what, people are going through or loss that you've had or something like that. So it's been really great, even for me, like, and and I'm in touch with artists all the time, but just to get them to listen and respond to each other has been incredible. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure, you know, it's, Hey, it's a convenience in this day and age with the whole zoom thing, but it's nice because some of these artists, they don't live here. They live mm-hmm. across the nation somewhere and they wouldn't, might not ordinarily have the opportunity to, to come to the stock show and talk about, you know, the core show or their art. Um, it's nice for them to have a moment and to connect with, with other people, you know? And like you said, the other night you had almost a hundred people on 90 people or whatever. Um, and then a lot of those were couples. That's a lot of people that you're, they're getting the opportunity to make a connection with that artist and be exposed to something they haven't been exposed before. So it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's great. And and the reality of it is, is that this is one of the things that has come out of this pandemic, right? We've all learned how to pivot and we've, we've figured out how to use some kind of platform to different platform to communicate since we're not in person. And this is something that you can continue to do year after year. Like, you know, even if you're in person next year, you should still be doing these because you get to talk to people that, you know, yeah. like I said, aren't here or you get to expose more people to the artist than you ever would mm-hmm. before because, you know, they might not be able to make it on the day that that artist talks. So that's exactly right. We had someone listening from France on one of the calls. 
So they're really getting out there, you know, and, and one of our artists, Ulrich Leiter, he is going to call in from Germany. So, um, yeah, it's got, you know, it's got a really nice reach. And um, honestly, like I try to get to artist studios throughout the year, but definitely didn't do any of that this year. And there are artists like I haven't been to our artist studios in Canada. Um, I, I had never been to Laura Wilson's studio in Dallas and Laura hadn't been to the show. Um, so we got her on a call and I know people wanted to hear her talk about her work. You know, she's a photographer who um, was Richard Avedon's assistant for like five, six years. You know, Richard Avedon, the famous um, fashion photographer. Yeah. yeah. And, One and, of my favorites. And New Yorker. Yeah. She was his, his assistant. So, um, you know, it was just great to talk to, to her and to, and, and the other cool thing that happens is sometimes the artists put their group together, but other times it's just a mishmash, you know, whoever signed up that date happened to work for them. And so to listen to these artists and to hear these connections between them, you know, and they're inspiring each other with stuff and, and they're loving it too. And so many of them kind of called or emailed me early on when we decided to do this. And, um, and they're like, okay, I'm super nervous about this and who's going to be watching. They had a million questions and some of them called and said, um, I, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I, I cannot, I just, I can't do it. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. And I bet you can. And, you know, and so I've got some of the most shy human beings in the world to come on and do this. So um, it's, it's really fun. It's been really a great time. I'm enjoying it. You've picked three artists for every interview. What made mm -hmm. you pick three and not just do a solo you know, because first of all, that would be 71 Zoom calls. Um, but then for this particular thing, I just kind of wanted these quick condensed sort of calls. And, and really the point was to talk about the work that's specifically in the show, right? And then the calls just kind of, we always talk about the work, but they've gotten a lot deeper than that in a really short amount of time, you know? So um, they, and they easily could go longer, but I think for the artists too, because a, really a lot of our artists are super shy. And so when I told them it's only going to be an hour, um, you're only going to be talking for probably 15 minutes at the most. Uh, then they're like, okay, I think I can do it, you know? And um, so I don't know. It just, it just, it was just so new. I mean, we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point. So I don't, you know, it was just random. I think by kind of by chance and by luck. And again, it was one of those things that Kristen and I tossed around. And the idea of doing a single Zoom call for every artist, it just, we didn't have the time and yeah. the bandwidth to really get it all done. Sure. No, I think unfortunately. It I think that's cool. I love that, that idea of, because a lot of conversation between the artists is going to drop some stuff that you would have never, you know, yeah. went down. So it's always kind of cool to do that. So for sure. Yeah. Well, and you know what, in the future, th those could turn into an hour long 
conversation with an artist, you know. But I actually like the, I almost like the two artists on at the same time or even three. And I think like what I would like to do is have two artists and, and just have them respond to each other, you know, in a, as we're going through the work. Because like I can research the bejeez out of an artist's life, um, but then another artist will say something and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to know what's the answer to that? You know, so it's just kind of a, sort of a nice thing. Like you guys do the podcast together and you compliment each other in that way. So, you know, to have two artists kind of asking each other questions would be really cool as well, I think. So, yeah, just stumbled into it, Wes. That's Who awesome. Knows? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. Um, I mean, when we first set them up and started sending it out, it was like, is anyone gonna sign up? <laughs> like we, and then like it's been so popular. It's like, oh, because we thought people might be zoomed out. They might be, you know, they they don't want to stop at noon on a Tuesday and listen to some artists. But actually, they do. So that's what we think. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that was that was actually almost a selling feature for for me when I was talking to the artists. I'm like, no one's gonna tune in. Just gonna be <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Well, you just let the cat out of the bag, Rose, because you have like nine more of these things that you're doing between now I and the know. time it ends. So oh now they'll be like, Oh, Rose. <sighs> Darn it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so funny because that one with with Kwong and uh, Dan Sprick and Foster Grissom, right? Foster was so nervous that he sent me this email and he had all these things like, I've got to go after Kwong, I'm too nervous, da, 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 all this kind of stuff. And and when I was responding back to him, I almost put in there that, I, uh, you know, and and I think this one is sold out, which is, you know, we got close, like sold out in air quotes. We're not charging, they're totally free, but but we have this like 100 person limit on our Zoom deal, right? And yeah. so... I almost put that in there and then that's a line I deleted because I thought, oh, he won't even show up if I tell him that. Only a hundred people watching. <laughs> yeah. And their spouses and their friends. And So oh, if I don't, don't want, if I want to uh, watch Ron Hicks, I better register tonight, huh? Yeah. I think Will it maybe, tell me yeah. if it's sold out? Isn't he towards um, the end of the, of the, the very series? last one? Yeah. He's our last, yeah, yeah, he's our last one. Him and Douglas Fryer and uh, Howard Post. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. That's gonna be a good one. We love yeah. Ron Hicks. We love Ron Hicks. I know, Hicks. right? What's not to love? I'm telling you, such a such a nice guy. And if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to Ron Hicks, episode yeah, forty one. <laughs> episode forty one. Go go check it out, Krista. You gotta check it out. I will. I was gonna tell He's people so if you want to uh, register for our last few webinars, you can go to our website. If you scroll down on our homepage, there's a banner that says inside the artist studio. And if you click on that, you can go to the page where it has all the listings and the registration links. And then if you go to hover on the about and go to catalogs, that's where all the recordings are. So you can watch all of the past ones and they're going up, you know, two or three days after we have the calls as we can get them edited, but it's, um, it's really exciting to have all these recordings now of these talks starting to fill in too. Yeah. Cause you're building an archive of, yeah. of these talks and, and you know what, that, that counts for something that, 
those will mm. be valuable. Someday you'll be able to look back. You should obviously, hopefully these live online as like an ongoing archive for the course show, but you'll be able to go back and say, you know, maybe 30 years from now and go like, what was Dan Sprick like, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously, you're, you're yeah, making right. history, you're recording yeah. history. So it's actually really important work. And, you know, it just so happens we're in this situation where we're learning new technology and adding new tools to the tool chest, right? Yeah. You know so, what? That that comment just made me really nervous, Todd. How's that? You should be nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's history. The it's history. Be recorded forever. Herman Rose was like back in 2020. Let's go listen. <laughs> Hey, so I gotta, oh, look, I gotta ask oh, look, this. She had all her teeth back. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I gotta listen. I gotta, I gotta ask this. Uh, so, who was visited by James Lipton to come up with the title of the show? Because somebody, the ghost of James Lipton, came and whispered in somebody's ear. Who was it? Inside the artist studio. Mm-hmm. It, uh, well, Heather Miller. Our advisory committee members. Okay. Oh no, Krista. No, no, no. Was it Krista? So Krista said it, and I and I know it's inside the actor studio. Right. Right. And um and I thought two things. One, no one's going to listen to this, so they won't find it, so we can't get sued. And two, that's inside the actor studio. Yep. And three, James Lipton died. So. That's right. I, I love that show. By the way, that was one of my I favorite shows. I used to watch it all the time. What a great interviewer. Todd is kind of like that. He's got this big stack of blue cards that Todd's reading off of too, just like James did. You guys should get Sean Penn. You should get Sean Penn. Did did you ever watch the Sean Penn one? I would love to talk to Sean Penn. That would be fun as I'll get out. Look up the James Lipton with Sean Penn. Did you see it, Chris? I did. Yeah, that was also one of my favorite shows. As I was a Uh teenager, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch inside the artist studio. Yeah, right. You know, as I was a little kid and Wes yeah. was old. No, 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 no. I just think that shows you what a <laughs> I know, big art kidding. geek I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. no, that it was yeah. a great show. And I love James Lipton, God rest his soul. And mm-hmm. I know the ghost that James was, was, and I think he's fine with it. I think he's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. It's, appropriate. it's an yeah. appropriate title what? for COVID era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. That's what happened to us. You know what else has happened? So you guys know me and you know that I am um, maybe a little, maybe a little, um, a bit of a perfectionist. And maybe sometimes it keeps me from just pulling the trigger and going for it, right? Maybe. Maybe. Wes. (laughs) And so because of COVID... And all of this stuff, it was like, no, we're just going. We're just doing it. We're setting these up. We're going for it. And I don't care. But, you know, if nobody shows up, I don't, you know. Um, and it's been really, it's, I, I think it's been good for me to like, just take some deep breaths and just go have fun. You love talking to artists, go have fun, talk to some artists, you know. And, and I think the artists have been really relaxed and, and, um, I think as everybody is like, I don't know, let's punt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's what they, you know, the old adage necessity is the mother of of invention, right? Yeah, we figured it out. And, you know, these artists and I can attest because I've I've watched the last two. There's another one tomorrow, right? Tuesday? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Neil Sherman, Diana Woods. Um, ah, who's the third person? Sean Michael Chavez. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's brand new to the show. Uh, Santa Fe artist. Kind of excited about him. I'm going to try to tune into that one tomorrow too. If, if I'm yeah. here at noon that to one. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great that you're recording them. And the, what makes them great, Rose, and I'm not just blowing smoke, um, is that you have this relaxed attitude and you know you have a connection with these artists. If it was me or Wes talking to them, you know, they probably wouldn't be as, you know, they probably wouldn't let their guard down that much. But, you know, talking to you, they already have a connection with you. So they feel comfortable. Mm. And they're not seeing all the other people that are tuned in, you know. Yeah. It's like a conversation yeah. with just you. And they, I, I don't know, do they see the other artists as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. and, and I guess that that's right because there was a little bit of a banter going on in, in, in one of those ones that I uh, tuned into, yeah. but they're fun. They're great. And what's nice is I was just working away on the computer and mm-hmm. I was actually listening and then somebody would start talking about a piece and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I click off my window real quick and I'd oh, nice. stay there and, and, and yeah, and, and watch it for a few minutes, see what, what piece they were talking about. The other day, we almost all cried on, on your, on your artist. And <gasps> George Buman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys talking about it. Do you his- see that, Krista? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, you're going to need a tissue or two. He had me crying. I thought he was going to make Cohen, Don Cohen. Uh, he was, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Cry. Right? Because he just lost a dog. So this guy, the sculptor, he lives in Yellowstone or right outside yeah. Yellowstone, right? Yeah. He's talking about his dog that he had sculpted that had passed away. And he's like getting choked up. And then this other gentleman, um, Don Cohen, who does this yeah. incredible, uh, his paintings Air are amazing. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. Airbrush. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited to see his work because that was one of the, that was some of the pieces that I really gravitated towards last year as well when I saw the show. And uh, he has a special pulley system that I actually yeah. got to see. So you had described it to me before or on the tour yeah. when I took it, but he has yeah. this, I didn't realize you're going to learn something from these is what you're going to, what's going to happen because not only is it fun and you're going to make a connection, but he's talking about airbrushing and I didn't realize that, and I didn't think about it, but it makes sense that when you're airbrushing, you have to be like straight on to the surface that you're, that you're painting. Mm-hmm. You can't paint, you can't shoot it below or above. Cause I assume that it's the paint's not going to disperse correctly, which right, makes right. sense, but I'd never thought of it that way, but he right. has a studio where he's, um, cut out holes in the floor with a pulley system so that he can, and he does these large pieces so that you can raise and lower the piece so it can be right mm-hmm. at eye level or hand level to, to spray it. So that was cool. But yeah, I thought Don was going to break down there for a moment because he just, he's oh, yeah. just lost his dog. And then I'm like uh, thinking about my dog. I thought I was going to cry. So it was almost a whole big old cry fest the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. yeah, I know. And that's one of those things when you do like dogs and somebody starts that and it's it's almost like it just is like it's contagious and everybody like I could kind of see myself in the little zoom screen and I was I was like, don't you cry. Don't you dare cry. <laughs> Like, because then I started thinking about Duke, the greatest dog ever that, you know, and I'm just like, oh, oh, man, we got to wrap this. (laughs) This is going to get ugly. It's going to be an ugly cry session here soon. But no, it's like cool stuff like that. It happens, right? And that's just the, that's the stuff that you don't 
get to hear on a normal core show unless you come on one of those tours around the gallery. And if I happen to talk to the artist about that sculpture and why he happened to do that, you know, and so it just kind of comes up in the talks when they, when they get rolling on it. I think it even surprised him that he, George, that he kind of got really emotional, um, overcome. Yeah. 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 No, it was just going to remember. Yeah. That's, that's the difference between doing this and being able to, you know, we have all but I think three of our artists in these Zoom calls versus a tour Mm. where you cannot stop by all 70 some artists and talk about their work and tell these personal stories yeah. when you're on a tour we people wouldn't last right oh, yeah so but here this, I mean that's what's you know the, one of the gifts that we've gotten from this year and trying to figure it out is that you're getting these personal stories from all of the artists they're all there in your living room talking about their art and um, with their hearts mm-hmm. totally open. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I think it feels like I think it feels like it's a safe place for them to open up and talk about the work and which I which I really like. I'm glad. And and the people who are tuning in are asking really great questions and they're making these wonderful comments and so supportive and then some of them are um, emailing, you know, Krista, or they email or text me afterwards. And um, yeah, it's like, like after that, that call, you know, with George and, um, and Don and Dan Chen, you know, my, a friend of mine texted me and he was like, who knew a bunch of men could be sensitive and open and emotional about something. And, you know, it's just kind of neat to, you know, that that synergy that just sort of happens. And those artists don't know each other. They've met, but they don't hang out or anything. So, but that just really all flowed. It was really nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. This is my prediction for next year. You guys are going to have to up your Zoom subscription because Mm -hmm. I guarantee since this has been so successful and I'm I'm curious to see where your numbers are as you continue to do this. By the time you get down to the that last episode with uh, uh, Ron Hicks and Howard Post and Douglas Fryer, I'd be curious to see. I bet you're at capacity for those. So I'm I'm gonna guess next year you'll 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 be you know two fifty five hundred people. I wouldn't I would not doubt wow. it. So is there oh, a there's good. a limit depending on what level of what you buy in in the Zoom? So is yeah. there one that's unlimited? Or is there always a cap of, you know, I'd have to look back at my, yeah, I'd have to look at my subscription. I think, I think I have the same subscription. I can have up to a hundred people. I, I gotta, I gotta believe though, that you can have more than that, that there's other business subscriptions. Cause there's people using this thing all over the world with, you know, different satellite offices all over the place. So do you plan on keeping these interviews up um, indefinitely or? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 I mean, why not? You know? Well, I think you're like you see, said, it's, I think you're going to see, uh, um, I'm going to, I think you're going to see your numbers rise because of this. Like I truly do. Mm. I think if people are able to see and have this, even though they're not conversing with them directly, but yeah. see these artists, uh, online and, and see their work, 
they're going to glom onto that. And I think, I think you'll see art sales. I don't know how it'll be this year. I know that we've talked to, I can't tell you how many artists that we've had on this year that we've interviewed since COVID. Now in the beginning, it seemed a little bit rough, but we've mm-hmm. talked to people in the last two, three months, right? Wes, where they're saying that, um, that this is, has been a great year for them. And for some of them, it's been their best year yet ever. So people are, are partying with their money. They want beautiful things. They're not spending mm-hmm. it. You know, they can't go to the bars. They can't go to the restaurants very readily. Um, you're not going to movies or, you know, in my case, I love live music. So I'm not spending my, you know, excess money on concert tickets. So they want something beautiful that gives, gives them some kind of, happiness. They want something beautiful on their, on their walls. So I think, yeah. I think, and I, and I talked to a, a, a pretty prominent gallery owner recently, and she said that this has been her strongest, one of her best years ever, as far as the wow. gallery is concerned. Man, and knock on wood, let's hope. Yeah. But one of the things that she instituted was, um, you know, she wasn't doing what you're doing online, but she was still doing it in person. So it was, it was small groups based on uh, the state regulations of how many people you can have in a space. Mm. And you would schedule a time and you'd go in and you'd get to actually speak with or, you know, ask the questions directly to the artists and you get like half an hour with the artists. And I think and in that particular show where I where I knew that was going on, that artist had sold every piece in the gallery except for two pieces. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I think this is a testament to... And we just had a huge Western auction um, here back in October that broke all kinds of records. That was that. Wow. I think I saw that. The, yeah. The, uh, um, the Lane. It was the Heinemann, Chicago-based oh, Heinemann, Heinemann auctions. Right. They sold yeah. uh, works totaling $1.6 million and broke a bunch of records for Western art. Yeah. So there's yeah. the, the market's still there. People are still collecting and they're still spending, spending the money. That's I've heard that. And I think Christy, you've heard that too, that um, some of our artists have said this has been one of their best years. And I think it is that, like, I think people are not traveling their home. They're looking at their walls and, you know, and they're like, let's bring something beautiful in. Let's go ahead and get that piece that we wanted yeah my framer I you know I was home looking at my bare walls and took some stuff to the framer he said he's the busiest he's ever been uh that everyone is is bringing in art so uh, I'm hoping I I've been thinking about how we are also you know I think we're really we have a really supportive base of buyers and patrons that come year after year and that is something that I think is a benefit to our show this year is that they they know the art, they know the artists, they trust Rose and um, the curatorial style in our show. And I think that will also be a benefit to our sales is that it's it's not a surprise on what you're buying. You know that you're getting quality. You know you've been seeing, you know, these artists in the show year after year and um and this is so, so hopefully that'll show that people will have that same trust that, that it, you know, they're getting this quality of work. You know what else we've done? We've really kind of stepped up our game with social media, which Kristen and I have been loath to do. <laughs> Just like who pulled the short straw. It's too much time. It's very <laughs> time consuming. 
Oh, you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, and me, I get on it and I'm like, oh, baby pandas. You know, <laughs> just like, and I'm gone. You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, but, you know, uh, that's another thing. Like, I have to say, I think for the most part, our artists and Krista and I, I feel like, like we're a team. And I feel like they're, you know, treating this like this is a team effort. And so Krista is um, creating these posts and she's getting them out to the artists and they're putting them on their social media. And the artists who really put it and are diligent and put it on their social media, their calls are filling up. People are coming on and the people who come on are super active and asking a lot of questions and really excited to, you know, be there and um, get a shout out to the artists and stuff like that. It's been really fun. And so that's been kind of a thing that um, neither one of us has wanted to do in the past, but you know, it's um, you just have to kind of try and get, get people's attention in some way. And so, but if the artists are stepping up and, and helping out and posting, it's, I mean, you know, people around the world are, are, turned on to it, which is something we could not, or we could have, but it wouldn't have been as effective pre-COVID, right? So. Well, and they have such a huge reach. I mean, you're talking, you know, some of these artists probably have, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a number, but you know, some people have, even if you have 40, 50,000 followers on Instagram Mm -hmm. and you know, tons of people will see that maybe they will tune in maybe they won't maybe they'll it'd be interesting to see how many people are logging onto your website i don't know if you get those uh stats krista googles yeah yeah and how many people how many people tuned in initially and then how many um hits you get for that particular episode after the fact on the recorded version it'd be curious to see um how many people are responding and and logging in after the fact yeah, I wonder that too. It would be. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's a way <laughs> yeah. to track that. But Something I, else for me to learn. Yeah, about. right. Yeah, right. Um, I think we have Google Analytics. I mean, sure. maybe after all this, we can take a look at it and see. Well, that's one um, thing we always, you know, where Todd is really good about reaching out to the artists and saying, share this. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how many don't. And then the ones oh. that do, you're they're just killing it. And then the ones that don't, you know, the listens aren't as, you know, the reach isn't as big. And yeah. man, if we could just get them to all share it, mm-hmm. it's it's only benefits them and us, you know. So I, you know, it's right. great that you guys are, and I have to, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Todd because he's our social media guy because Wes oh has God. no time for that crap. And I thought I would love to do like social media, but oh my God, it's, it's such a pain. So Todd yeah. does a great job of, and he's on it all the time. So thank you, Todd. Oh, you're welcome, dude. But cool. I want to thank my intern, oh, yeah. Helen, who's uh, I think she's in um, North Carolina, and she reached out earlier when we thought we were having a stock show back in March, I think, and she was interested in our internship program. And a couple months ago, I was like, "Are you still interested <laughs> in being an intern?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, if I can do it remotely." And I was like, "Perfect." Um, but she's been keeping our Facebook and Instagram uh, the busiest it's ever been because, what's, yeah. What's her name and how do we con- yeah. contact her? <laughs> right? Her name is Jane Doe her name is, and she lives right? in Alaska. I like Alaska. <laughs> Callan Chapman. And, uh, you know, she's interested in event planning and 
Um, oh my God. You know, I just I know, am right? so thankful that I, I am like, I think I have the only national Western official intern this year <laughs> in my department, nice. whereas normally we have 40 or 50 interns that are working on horse shows and livestock and rodeos and everything. But um, this year yeah. I, I have the, I'm lucky. Okay. <laughs> give her another shout out. You are lucky. What's her name again, Chris? What? Yeah. Callan Chapman. Callen Thank Chapman. you so much. We re- I just really appreciate well, Callan Chapman. If you, if up. you're looking for another internship, <laughs> tenant podcast has one for you. That's right. Just mm-hmm. contact Wes or Todd, either one of us. No, Probably that's spect- that's spectacular, and 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 what a great opportunity, and you know, what a godsend that 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 you have somebody that's that knows the ins and outs and is willing to do it. Because I tell you what, as you both well know, mm. it's very time consuming, and it takes it takes a lot of you know motivation to go do. It. I'm not, I'm terrible at it. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm I'm good at certain platforms. Um, and it definitely has helped, but at the same time, there's so much more. You, there's always more that you could be doing. So yeah, that's cool. Right. You know what though, too, it's like, it's free. And I, I was even thinking about this, that in the past, we always took out ads and we still, we still maintained an ad budget this year. Um, but it, it, when I started in the gallery business, like 30 years ago, you relied on those ads, you relied on the art critic to come through, um, and then you sweated bullets until you read what they actually wrote. And, you know, it was just like, did they publish the right image? Did they do? And, and now social media, it's free. Um, so I don't know what you're complaining about, Wes, because honestly... I'm not complaining about nothing. It's free. I would say, I would say not. Complain. I am not complaining. In fact, I'm no, thanking. I know, Todd. right? Todd. But you know what? That's kind of the, th- like all of this stuff, like it's, it's all changed and, and I, you know, I'm glad we're responding. I'm really glad. Cause like f- for sure, Krista and I had to um, really press um, to say, we have to do a show. We just have to say, you know, art exhibits, you don't take a year off. You just, you just don't. Yeah. Um, it's not a good idea. And, um, and then I, you know, also when we were talking to the, the folks at the National Western, it's like, you know, it's not just us that we want to do a show for. Those artists rely on it. Some of the artists plan their entire year's budget around the core show and how we come out of the gate. So it's gotten to the point where it's a big deal for a lot of people. You yeah. Know? You feel so, responsibility to these artists, yeah, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So you just gotta, you know, as difficult as it, it is, you just, you have to keep going and you got to figure out a way around it. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm just, I am really liking a lot of things about it. I mean, just giving people accessibility to artist studios with the inside the artist studio talks um, and then teaming up three different artists together. Just it's, you know what? It's just been really a fun new addition to the show that I think is, is going to stay and we would not have done it had this not happened. So. Right. It's true. You got to look at the positives. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What social yeah. platforms do you use when you do your social media? We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but our website okay. is capable. If you go to any artwork on our website, 
um, you can share it to Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, maybe, and, and, or email it yeah. to your, to yourself or a friend. Um, so that's sort of oh, cool. Wow. If, um, if you're a Pinterest fan and you want to build your page with, with our great art, you can do that. Can you tweet it too? Or maybe there's I there was, tweeting too. Yeah, there's tweet about, yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you're doing with, with the show this year that, um, that we haven't talked about or that you would like to highlight? Rose mentioned we have some awards that we're doing, um, which we're excited about this year. Is the It's the inaugural year for our committee award, which is um, I'm really excited to sort of bring them into picking a piece of art and honoring an artist as a committee as a whole. And I think that's really going to be cool um, when that's selected. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like it could be really fun. So, these each one of the uh, you're honoring these committees, these people on the committee, or they're actually honoring the, one of these committee members is actually honoring the artist. The committee as a whole is going to honor. Oh, committee an artist. as a whole. Um, just like our best in show award in the past has been um, a judge. We usually get outside judges that are art professionals in the field, curators, magazine editors. And they select the best in show. And I always get asked or, you know, people assume that that's best in show is selected by the committee. And so um, sort of proposed this year, maybe the committee should be picking a piece of art. Wouldn't that be a cool way for them to, to have some more engagement with the art and the artists and, um, and each other? And so what we're hoping is that they'll you know, get together or they'll, they'll figure out some voting mechanism for them all to um, pick sort of the committee's choice award. And then that's coming with a cool prize. Rose, you want to talk about that? Uh, three nights at a working ranch. So um, this year it's, um, I can't remember their official name, but uh, the Boswells have a ranch and um, it's in Kremlin on the way to Steamboat. They've got like a chef and um, guy who's running the ranch. And so it's perfect, you know, so the artists can get out there and photograph or do whatever and hang out at the ranch and have some uh, food cooked up for them. And I kind of want to win it, actually. Ugh, I never win anything. <laughs> Publisher's clearing house. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you both for coming on and talking with us this evening Thanks for having and, us. and talking about what the show looks like this year and how you've been able to pivot and still have this online art show. Um, our listeners, please check out uh, the Coors Western Art website, CoorsWesternArt.com. Uh, Krista, remind us about the Young Guns the Young Guns show. So if you go to um, go to our website, go to the Young Guns tab, and there's all the information you need on there to and the link to Handbid um, to get that special art that's just created um, by our Coors and Club artists. And they have a bunch of auction items this year too, like a, a glamping trip and stuff. So they actually did bring in some auction items. This that's year. for our listeners. This is coming out Thursday the 10th, so it's today. You got to go to the yes. website today. Do not waste any time. Go now. 
Krista, it's been phenomenal to see you again. I it's just a joy to spend some more time with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you too. This was great. We really appreciate this opportunity to talk about all the hard work yeah. we've been doing. It's yeah. nice to actually tell people what we've been doing because it feels like it's in this like void. You know, re- <laughs> yeah, really when you when you think back to March and to where we are today, I'm I it's pretty phenomenal to to convert a whole show online and I remember thinking back in March that you know, okay, so we'll have to we'll have to tweak a few things. It's like, oh my god, this is it's it's you're tweaking the entire the whole exhibit. So, and there's just so many things to think about and deal with, but yeah, we're, you know, we're off and running and so this is great. I really appreciate you guys having us on and yeah. yeah. Well, we, and I really appreciate you coming on too, Rose, because we've just grown since, you know, since January, you know, we, I think the relationship that uh, you and I and Todd have developed is just been a lot of fun and it's, yeah. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Some, some of those evenings that we were getting together. So. We didn't even Via talk Zoom. about Stephen King tonight, which oh is my a God. little weird. We're going to sign off right now. <laughs> Todd, Todd's going to pull the plug. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome. So Chris, thank you so much time. for meeting with us. Oh God, of course. And this the, is great. And the auction for the, for the core show runs from the 18th. Is that correct? Of December yeah. through the, uh, December 18th through January 5th. And same thing, go to our website, CoorsWesternArt.com. There, if you go to the red carpet reception tab, because where else are we going to put information? Uh, our whole website's set up for typical years, but um, go to that tab and there's all the hand-bid information there. And so you can log in um, and start browsing the art. I should have all of the 350-some images up within the next couple days. Right now I'm like 75% with the images. Um, it's, it's a lot of work to resize it specifically for their requirements, but it's getting there. That, that you know, you just, and you just have to, like people ask this, you just, you have to go on um, and at the site, our site will direct you to Handbid. You have to register and then you can, you can like stuff um, and then once you bid on it, then if somebody outbids you, then I think you get a ping and you just, it's really cool. Like it's, it's a great software and um, I, th- I think it's, it's having to do everything different and not being present for our really fun opening event. I think this is going to be smooth and um, easy for people to do, but you do have to go on and register and then you're, and then you're set, then you can access everything and um, go in there and bid and have fun. Yeah. And it's just like eBay. You can put in your, you know, your max amount and it'll bid for you in when, if you download the app onto your phone, it will send you notifications when you've been outbid. It'll send you reminders about, closing times and everything. So it's, it's, you know, like, like any other bidding software. So this is the ideal situation. If you have a gambling habit and you haven't been able to get to those casinos, you could be buying art and actually have something to show for it at the end of the day. So everybody get on register at hand bid um, and uh, bid on some art for the Coors Western art exhibit and sale. It's helped support a good cause. Thanks Todd.
Thank Thanks, you. Wes. Thanks, Krista. Thank you. I, I, I just Thank call you. Krista sometimes and say thanks and then hang up. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. I don't, but I should. Oh. <laughs> she says, thanks, and can you do this? <laughs> hey, by the way, that's what, when it, when it all starts out like that, uh, by the way, then Chris is like, you just oh. need to be quick on the, the thump. So when she says, thanks, you can just hang up. <laughs> Got it. Done. Done. Got it. <laughs> Poof. That was a fast call. Mm. Nope. She's a sucker for the, by the way. She can't wait. Yeah. It's always something. Always fall for it. I have that perfectionism <laughs> issue too. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I'm not doing something I should be doing. Wait, Wait. give me more. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, guys. All Thanks. Right. For the Tenet Podcast, I'm Todd Pearson. And I'm Wes Brown. And I'm Rose Frederick. And I'm Krista Hanley. Have, have a great, great week. week. Look, you did the fun new things with us. <laughs>